greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We welcome you online today as a part of our worship service, and uh, we trust that uh, you are well and at home. I, we've seen great things happening this week as we've seen much of Parkway family taking care of one another, and trust that you're doing all the things that you need to do to keep safe and well, and uh, we're glad that you're joining us here today. We are live here. I'm live with you, and uh, trust that uh, you have worshiped with us. We, uh, we cranked it up for worship here in the sanctuary so that I could sing and nobody could hear my voice. But, uh, and I uh, hope that you have enjoyed the worship. I'm blown away thanks to Aaron and our praise band who've led us in worship today. And we're looking forward to what the Lord's going to be doing this hour. And uh, we uh, trust and know that the Lord's going to be doing something uh, even now. I encourage you to find the Bible there around your house. Some of the verses we're talking about we're going to show on the screen. But... Uh, we want you to be able to have a Bible that you can kind of look along with us. We're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to be reading verses 6 through 12, uh, looking at some familiar verses, particularly verse 7, verse 12. We've probably heard this week, but we're going to be looking at that as well. And, uh, but uh, i got to be honest with you, it's a little different today without you here. Now, it does kind of remind me of my first church where there was plenty of parking and lots of empty seats, but... Uh, uh, but I'd rather have you here. But uh, please know, I know where you live and I know where you sit. So if I look towards your seat, it'll be because this is particularly what you need. But uh, uh, we know the Lord's going to use our time together. And kind of considering we'll probably be doing this for the next couple of weeks. Today is we're going to look at 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1 and these familiar verses maybe to help us in this time. And we know all of God's words will help us. The next two weeks... We're going to be particularly preparing ourselves for Easter Sunday, for Resurrection Sunday. We know that prayer is essential uh, to everything that we do. So we're going to spend some more time in prayer. Appreciate Aaron's prayer. And we're going to, I, but I want to pray for you. We want to pray for our church and community and the world in which we live here. And I'm going to be praying particularly that by Resurrection Sunday, it's uh, three weeks from today, Easter Sunday, that we'll all be back together. Now, if that happens, we believe it's probably going to have to be a God thing, but we're going to pray particularly for that. But even if not, uh, that we'll be able to continue to celebrate uh, our risen Lord as we do every time, of course, that we come together, where we're together like we are now, or uh, whether we're in the presence of one another. And uh, so I want to encourage you to pray along with that. We are starting kind of a countdown prayer time. This is March 22nd, and we're having 22 days of praying beginning today. So if we have your email, you have already received that. If not, please call or email the church office, and we want to be sure to include you. But we're doing a countdown. Today's day 22. Tomorrow will be day 21. Praying particularly about the things happening in our community and world for our church and also a preparation in our hearts for Resurrection Sunday. So we want you to be a part of that. But let's bow together for prayer. You pray at home while I'm praying. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you even now at this time. We are thankful that we have a God that loves us, a God that always walks with us, never leaves us nor forsakes us. And we know, Father, that you're walking with us even now, even through these difficult and trying times that are perhaps unlike any other in which we have lived. We do pray, Father, uh, for those around the world who have lost loved ones. We pray your comfort and your watch care uh, over these. We pray, Father, for these who have been infected by the virus. Father, we pray for their well-being. We pray certainly for their health and their recovery. 
Uh, we pray, Father, for world leaders. We pray particularly for our president and vice president, others who are involved in making decisions for our country. We pray for our state, our governor, and those who are involved in making decisions for our state. We pray, Father, that you may give them wisdom and discernment. We pray and we thank you, Father, for our first responders, and we pray for our doctors and nurses. We thank you, Father, for their diligence and as they continue to carry out the work for which you have suited and gifted them for. And we thank you, Father, for their hands at work. And we pray, Father, for protection over them. Father, we pray for uh, physical protection as well as spiritual protection. Pray that your presence will be known in their lives. We pray, Father, for those in our state and community, maybe particularly, maybe people that we know perhaps or are familiar with who have become sick or maybe some of those who are already quarantined or isolated. Father, we pray may they be able to feel your presence in their lives even today, maybe particularly on this Lord's Day. May you be able to let them know how much you love and care for them. And Father, we pray for all of our congregation. Father, we pray for our church. We pray that no one gets sick uh, in our congregation or our family. We pray very specifically, Lord, for these things. But Regardless of how that prayer is answered, we know that you are trustworthy and we can trust in you. We pray, Father, that we might be able to gather together very soon. We pray that this may be very short-lived. We pray, Father, and ask that even by Resurrection Sunday that we might be able to once again gather together without fear. But we trust you in whatever that answer may be. We pray, Father, for this very hour. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to come and worship. We thank you for those who have let us already this morning, and we pray, Father, as we go to your word, that you may help us to focus with perhaps many distractions that we have in our homes and around us. May we be able to focus on your word, what it has to say to us, and how we might be able to make that application today. And now, Father, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts, be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. It's in the precious name of the Lord Jesus that we pray. Amen and amen. We're reading from 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning with verse 6. We'll read through verse 12, and we'll add in verses 13 and 14 in a moment. But verse 6 reads like this. For this reason I remind you to fan and to flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling not because of our works but because of his own purpose and grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher which is why I suffer as I do but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he's able to guard until the day which has been entrusted to me. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word today. I've got to tell you, there is no script for what we're going through today. There is no manual for what it is that we're to be doing as individuals or as a church. I did not take a class in seminary uh, that tells us what it is to do in the words of Indiana Jones and asked what he was going to do next. I don't know. I'm making it up as I go. Truthfully, we're seeking the direction of the Holy Spirit, always seeking for wisdom and discernment, asking the Lord to give His will to us. And 
while we may be caught off guard, our Lord never is. He is never surprised, and we can trust that He always has a plan. Now, the verses that we've read, they're appropriate for us today as Paul, the Apostle Paul writes to young Timothy because we've probably quoted some of these or you've heard some of these in the last couple of weeks, especially verse 7 and verse 12. Verse 7, we remind you again in the English Standard Version, it says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and self-control. And yes, I think he's talking about the Holy Spirit, but also about how Jesus has changed our spirit, our inner being. We still may have, as human beings, we may still have fear and worry and anxiety, but we don't have to keep those. We have, we have an alternative. Instead of fear, worry, and anxiety, the Bible tells us, according to this verse, that instead we can have power and love and self-control, the power of God's Spirit living in us so that we might be able to face whatever it is that we are facing and the challenges we have each day. Love for God and love for others cast out all fears. Selfishness often leads to fear because we sometimes we fear only for ourselves or fear that we might lose what we have or even our own health. When love for others, it leads to compassion. It leads to the consideration of others and there's no room for fear for self. When we worry about others, particularly those whom we love and uh, those who are family and friends, well, the Holy Spirit inside of us reminds us how God loves our family and friends even more than we do. And He's given us a spirit also of self-control, sometimes translated a sound mind. Our spirit, under the submission of the Holy Spirit, helps us to be able to make wise and careful decisions. Now, we're truly not making it up as we go along. We're allowing the one who knows the path, who's already at work. We're submitting to Him, and we're following His direction. It, it's interesting to me that some who claim to have a particular anointing or filling of the Holy Spirit, sometimes they find themselves speaking almost uncontrollably, maybe in some kind of tongue, or maybe even you've heard some people being slain in the Spirit. And we're not discounting anybody's experience, but we want to be sure that we're in keeping with God's Word. When Paul talks about the attributes of the Spirit, he says one of those is self-control. And this isn't the only place. You might remember Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, talks about the fruits of the Spirit. You remember love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And what's the last one? It's self-control. How important that is in these days because it may be and not just maybe but more important than even physical health is a spiritually healthy heart these verses also are appropriate because Paul and Timothy are both facing a transition time here's the apostle Paul he's in a Roman jail it's the second time he's been in a Roman jail now he is no stranger to being in jail because of the gospel but now he's in the second time of a Roman jail and he's waiting for his time in which he's going to face the emperor, he's going to face Caesar. Now he already knows that he's escaped death many times by the Lord's help and he's likely though now to lose his life this time in traditions outside the Bible that tell us not long after writing this particular letter that he lost his life, that he was a martyr for the faith. In 2 Timothy, that letter serves as kind of a will and testament last will and testament and he sends it to Timothy whom he calls his son in the faith 
And for Timothy, he's about to take on new responsibilities and new challenges. His teacher and mentor, Paul, he's giving them those final instructions and teachings which will send him to do all the things that he is meant to do that he's supposed to do. But the words you see repeated, particularly in this chapter, words like keep on, to keep, to guard, and to hold on, depending on your translation, hold on to what has been given and taught. When the ultimate challenge comes, we are to guard and to hold on to what we know is true and to the one whom we know we can trust. So I want to challenge you to do that this morning and this week. That is, hold on to what you know is true. Hold on to the one whom you know that you can trust. And, and I've got one sentence that I want to share with you but, uh, this morning, but it's going to take a few minutes for me to share that with you. So if you, usually, you know, we're filling in blanks or writing notes down, and some of those are going to appear on your screen. So if you want to write those down, you certainly can, or listen along as we do. But here's the first part of the one sentence that I want to share with you today, and it's this. Live with fearless faith in the Lord Jesus. Because if, you have, if you're saved, you have trusted Jesus for eternity. You've put your faith in Christ, and you know that you're going to heaven because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so we're also learning not only to put our trust in the future, but also for today that we might walk by faith. Now, the Apostle Paul serves as a good example of one who had fearless faith. He knows he's in change for preaching the gospel and likely death. And he writes in verse 12 that we read a moment ago, he is, he's not ashamed. He's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He's not ashamed of being in jail for the gospel of Christ or being chained to Christ. Remember, Paul's the one who wrote, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Let's talk for just a moment about the realities of what's happening in the world today. The most tragic being those who have died due to the conditions with the coronavirus. We've prayed, even today, and you've prayed for those who've lost loved ones, and we're right to pray for healing and not death. However, we have three enemies that the Bible talks about, three enemies in this world, sin, Satan, and death. And Christ conquered all three of the cross. And in particular, Jesus brought victory over death with the resurrection. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, our view as believers in the Lord Jesus of the worst of the worst it's not fatalistic. We do not hope to die, but it is victorious that even if the worst happens, we'll trust in the God who promises a bright future. Writer of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 6 says this, So we can say confidently, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now, probably already, perhaps, in these days your faith has been challenged maybe through your own anxieties, maybe through some kind of temptation or given opportunity to speak up for your faith. Having stood the test perfectly or not, in the future, you probably will be challenged again, probably in the very near future. You will be challenged for what you stand for and for who you serve and where you will place your trust. I like what 
It was written in Romans 12. Last year we spent some time in Romans. I remember these, this verse. In Romans 12, verse 11, in one translation it says, Never be lazy in showing devotion. Be on fire in the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Now, already some of our freedoms have been uh, taken away. We've been encouraged maybe to uh, self-isolate and some of those things. And, but we hope this is short-lived but we're not able to move about maybe as we won't do all the things that we'd like to do. Uh, but it's a paradox that true freedom only comes as we become a servant or a slave of the Lord Jesus. He is our master and Lord, like the Apostle Paul. Do not be ashamed to be chained to Jesus Christ. We trust Him to keep us and to love us and to protect us here or in any other place. Now, we're not promised in this world no physical harm. We're not promised we'll always be physically protected, though I believe the Lord often gives us that very thing. But spiritual life and all of life in Christ is safe because nothing can separate us from His love, not even death. But what we have is a living and growing relationship. So salvation, what we have is not a... It's not a belief in certain doctrines or teachings, though these are important. But salvation is a belief in a person. Notice what Paul did not write. He did not say, I know what I believe. We say that sometimes, I know what I believe. But instead, Paul wrote, I know whom I believe. And this is much better. Now, at Christmas time, do you ever watch the Home Alone movies? We watch the Home Alone movies, and you know, where the kid is left at home or somewhere else, and he has to fend for himself, and often he gets into mischief and uh, lots of fun and uh, escapes from criminals and all the mean people. Well, we particularly like the one like Home Alone 2. Kid's left in New York City by himself, and he uh, checks into the Plaza Hotel and runs around Central Park, and FAO Swartz Toy Store outsmarts the mean crooks. Well, my own children, at about the age of this kid in Home Alone, had a similar experience where they stayed at a nice hotel in New York. They ran around Central Park and in huge toy stores and rode subways and taxicabs. And they somehow seemed to escape from any mean people. But there was one difference. Their father and their mother had the death grip on their hand the whole time, so much that their hand turns all colors of red, white, and blue. They could go so many places in the city, be somewhat protected from harm, and even from many mean people, because if they looked in their hand, it was the grip of a parent who would not let go. There were times that we would be in the city and maybe some particular places where maybe we did not feel really comfortable or Maybe we were crossing the street or maybe in the subway. And it happened more than once that one of my children would look up and say, Daddy, you're hurting my hand. I'd say, well, get used to it, kid, because I'm not letting go no matter what happens. As we hold on and seek to grow our faith and serve our God, if we'll look, it's not so much that we're holding on to Him, but if we look, it is that He has the sure grip on us that will not let go. Let not your faith be in how well you can hold on, but in how much you believe He will not let you go. Then do not be ashamed to walk the streets of this life or stay in your own home hand in hand with your Heavenly Father. 
Is that not what Paul meant? Verse 12, the King James says it like this, I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him until that day. It's important you stand true to Christ today and in the future. There may be difficult days ahead. There may be tougher times to stand for Christ and to be found faithful. But the only way we can be found faithful is believing that He is faithful. Now, I'm going to give you a word of warning. Sometimes it can be popular to be a Christian. Even in these times in interviews, and I've heard people talk, and you've seen it on Facebook, perhaps in social media and other places to where people talk about their faith, helping them and seeing them through. And it may continue to be during this time popular even to be a believer in the Lord Jesus and your faith might be popular. But there will be times that being a Christian and a person of faith will not be popular. There may be times that people may look at you like you're crazy because you're seeking to follow God's standard or because you mentioned Jesus or because you're standing up or you're telling someone about the love of Jesus. But anything that we can gain apart from Christ in God's way will be of little or no value in the kingdom of God. Live with fearless faith. Back to the one sentence. We've shared the first part. Here's the second part of that sentence. Live with fearless faith in the Lord Jesus as you guard the terrific treasure placed in you. Just as you have entrusted your life to Jesus, you have, in, you have been entrusted with Christ himself in the good news of the gospel. Throughout the scriptures and throughout church history, God has called upon others to step up during times of crisis, during the difficult times. We can go back and we think of people like Abraham, who was called by God. Moses, who was called to be the deliverer. There was Joseph, who was called to save his people. There was David, every Old Testament prophet, all the disciples, the apostle Paul, and now Timothy, and now even you. We've talked about Christ can be trusted. Verse 12, he's, he's able to guard until that day. That day meaning particularly until Christ returns or as long as we're on earth. Your salvation is secure in Him and not yourself. It may be as we think about that day, we make the application. God is able to guard what He's been entrusted. God, you have the guard of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ until that day that we no longer have to worry about the coronavirus. But read with me, if you will. Verses 13 and 14, we read through verse 12. Verse 13 and 14 says this, Follow the pattern of the sound words that you heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Verse 14, By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Well, what is that terrific treasure? What is that good deposit, sometimes called a treasure, depending on your translation? It's the same that Timothy was entrusted with. It's correct teaching. It's God's Word. It's the good news. We get all kinds of messages today in different voices and teachings in this world. and Many of them are calling people to do some bizarre things. Some of them are calling you to do things that sound good, but they're not still true, just out of touch with what the Lord would have us to do. There are many, many voices well, how do we know which one to follow? Follow the one particularly that says Jesus is Lord. But there's a pattern by which to test all the other voices in the world. Verse 13, Timothy was told to stay with the pattern. 
What's the pattern to knowing the truth? Here are some questions, I think, that may help us along the way. If you want to know the pattern to hearing the right voice and knowing the truth, some questions I believe we can observe maybe that from this passage. Does it line up with correct teaching? Does it line up with correct teaching? Is, is it what you've been taught? That is, if we've been taught correct biblical teaching, oh, we're ahead of the game. Which means your time in Bible study and Sunday school and church is not wasted time. It's valuable time. Because i got to tell you, if I had a family, and I do, and I had a church that I believed was teaching and preaching correctly the Word of God on Sundays and Wednesday nights and other times during the week, and I am a part of such a church, then I would have my family there as often as possible so that they might be able to have the correct teaching. And I did, and I still do. Like the Apostle Paul tells Timothy, you, you know that stuff that you were taught on the Lord's Day and at other times and in the home? Earlier in this chapter, he talked in verse 5 about how Timothy was brought up by his grandmother and his mother, people of faith, Eunice and Lois. He said, if, if you were taught all of this correct teaching, then hold on to it. Guard it. It's been deposited to you for what's coming next. Does it line up with correct teaching? But how about this also? Does it line up with what you know the Bible teaches? In order to know what the Bible teaches, you, you must stay in the Word daily. Some people say that uh, praying and reading God's Word needs to be more than just a habit. Well, they may be true about that, but actually it's a pretty good habit. You've been entrusted with God's Word to keep it, to keep learning, to love it, live it before others. And if, if it's true that during these days you're going to have some time on your hands, well, now would be a good time to spend in God's Word. God's Word. Develop now some good habits that will last long beyond this odd time in which we are living. Here's a third question. Does does it help your faith relationship with Jesus? If the world's giving all kinds of messages and all kinds of things and we're hearing all things contrary to the Word of God, we need to ask ourselves, is what we're hearing or even what we're thinking is right, does it help us in our relationship with the Lord Jesus? Does it help a faith that is alive and gives hope? And the fourth and final question, if you're going to stay with a pattern, your guide must be Christian love. Will you let Christian love be your guide? We're to love because He first loved us. Love speaks to the Spirit in which we act and live for Jesus. It's amazing how some people can tell you about the love of Jesus, but they do it in such a mean way. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I have and hope they don't give this from time to time. But I heard a little girl pray one time. She, she prayed, Jesus... Make the bad people good and the good people nice. If the good people are not nice, it's going to be hard to tell the difference. How will you carry this treasure for which you have been entrusted? Hopefully it will be in the spirit of love and compassion for others. A godly, unconditional love is the pattern. And all of these things need to line up. These are the questions that we need to ask. Correct teaching, biblical teaching, does it help us in our relationship with Jesus, and is it loving? It's the pattern set by Jesus. And verse 14 says, we carry it out with the help of the Holy Spirit. 
Well, here's the last part of the sentence that I want to give you today. It is to live with fearless faith in the Lord Jesus as you guard the terrific treasure placed in you for righteous responsibility in the days to come. For righteous responsibility today and in the days to come. Now, we're not only made righteous because of the blood of Jesus, but those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior been made righteous well, we also have some responsibilities. The Bible gives us a clear picture of how the gospel is to continue. Jesus called 12 disciples to himself. 11 of those were entrusted with the gospel, were faithful to guard the treasure. And they entrusted it to others, as well as the apostle Paul, who also entrusted it to others. Timothy being one, they in turn deposited it to other faithful men and women and boys and girls. This now has been entrusted to us to hold on to and to keep and to guard. Are you up to the task? I think you are. This may be your greatest test. The Lord has arranged or allowed a worldwide cataclysmic event to see if you can pass the trust test. Do you really trust Jesus? Well, it's easy to say in the good times. But also... Trusting Jesus, we are entrusted, which means we're not keeping it to ourselves. You are to share it with others by your words and your deeds. Be open about your faith. Look back with me at verse 6, very first verse that we read a moment ago. Paul writes, For this reason I remind you to fan the flame the gift of God which is in you. Now, the gift of God which is in you is the same or it's similar to that good deposit, to that terrific treasure talked about in verse 14. Again, we trust Jesus to hold on to us and to our life and to our eternal life. But we have responsibility to guard the good deposit in a similar fashion, to fan the flame. Using the same metaphor, Paul's metaphor, we don't start the fire. The fire is already inside of us. If we're believers in the Lord Jesus, the fire is the Holy Spirit. But we're to spiritually fan the flame. Now, how do we do that? How do we, how do we fan that flame? Well, I like this illustration, but what does it mean? How do we do that? Well, let me give you, let me give you some ideas here. Prayer. Now is the time to pray. So let me ask you, pre-coronavirus, and I imagine in days to come we'll be talking about pre-coronavirus and coronavirus time and post-coronavirus pre-coronavirus what was your prayer life like well if it was consistent if it was something that you did every day don't lose it during this time if it was inconsistent well now's a good time to make it more consistent so in the post-coronavirus time it will be continued to be as well but also, prayer is one, also the Word. The Word, we talked about Bible study a minute ago, but I want to encourage you to spend this time to fan the flame of what's inside you in wanting to know God more, wanting to know Him better. And we do that by being in God's Word. And then there's worship, both private and public worship. I don't know why, but in the last couple of weeks, the verse kept coming to mind, to my mind was do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together and I thought my goodness how do we not forsake the assembling of ourselves together in these days well we're not forsaking it today if you're tuning in or you watch this later 
we, we're doing this together. We're just not doing it face to face. But So we want to encourage you, when this time is through, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And how about this? We, we were running pretty well, had guests and members and new members continuing to come. I think when this time is up and we're back together again, my goodness, let's bust the doors wide open so that we might be able to worship together. But I believe that will only happen if you are also worshiping privately. But then there's also practice. Verse 13, that we must practice faith and love. Demonstrate your faith and demonstrate your love to others. Demonstrate your faith and your love. Demonstrate your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for others when you feel like it. But also when you don't feel like it. Continue to put it into practice. And then finally, serving. Fan the flame by serving others. Fan the flame inside of you by serving others. Steve Shogren is the writer of a book called Conspiracy of Kindness and a Pastor. He tells the story in that book, story of a fellow by the name of Joe Delaney. Joe Delaney and his eight-year-old son one day are playing pitch in the backyard. They're throwing the ball back and forth, and his eight-year-old son asked the father, he always, was always full of question, and he asked him, Dad, is there a God? Well, Joe, the father, was really honest with his son and said, well, told his son, said, well, I've never really been to church much. Used to go some when I was a kid. Hadn't been a long time. I really don't know if there's a God or not. Suddenly the son ran inside, said, I'll be back in just a minute. And there he got a helium balloon that he had gotten at the circus, and he came back with a marker and a card. And he wrote on the card, he wrote on the card, he said, Dear God, if you're up there, said, Would you send someone who knows you so that Dad and I can know if you're for real? And he attached it to the card, and he told his dad, I'm going to send an airmail message to God. And they watched the helium balloon and kept watching it until... It was an itty-bitty dot until it was out of sight all the time. Joe, the dad, thought to himself, God, if you're up there, I hope that you're watching. A couple of days later, they're in the car, and they see the go-by church that's having a car wash. They pull the car into the car wash, and Joe asked Steve, it was at Steve Shogren's church, asked Steve, how much? He said, oh, there's no charge. We just want to show practical love to the community. No charge. For the car wash. So Joe asked him, he said, Are you Christians? Steve said, Yeah, we're Christians. He said, Are you the kind of Christians that know if God is for real? He said, Yeah, we're those kind of Christians. And from that became a conversation that led Joe and his family to place their faith in Jesus Christ. Ah, many people are asking, I think maybe particularly asking around the world today, God, are you real? God, are you there? And if you are, Send the kind of people who really know you. Well, God is sending you. God is sending you to people who need to know there is a God and that He is real and that they can know Him through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're listening today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, perhaps the Lord is using these very events of what's happening around the world today to bring you to Him so that you might have a real relationship with the Son of God who loves you and will never leave you nor forsake you. And He wants to give you eternal life. And He wants you to know that He's walking with you and cares for you right now. And you can pray. 
Even today, even now, you can pray asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins, asking Christ to come in to be your Lord and Savior, and the Lord will save you. I'm asking our members right now, members who are home, pray for those who do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, someone who may be listening or someone whom you may come in contact with at a distance or someone that you might be able to share on email or sometime in the near future who needs to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. I encourage you to be praying for these particular things. You know, you can tell as you read this chapter that Paul believes in Timothy. He's a little more timid than Paul, but I think just about everybody is. But Paul believes in Timothy. He's right, 2 Timothy, the very last letter that he wrote, his son in the faith, he believes in him. He's rooting for him to do well. I believe in you, church family. I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you. For that very thing that Christ has given you, entrusted in you, the very faith that you have for the Lord to be able to use that, help you in your life, today to keep your heart healthy to guard the trust that is in you now obviously we're not doing the usual invitation or song of response today but the invitation is always open and it is open and even today you can email us you can call us call one of our staff we've got numbers on the website I'm probably going to give you my number here in just a few moments as well we love to hear from you. If you've got a faith question, you've got a prayer request, you're giving your heart and life to Jesus and you want to tell somebody, you want to know what's next, we'd like to be able to help you with that very thing. We encourage you to do that. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you even now thanking you for allowing us to be a part of your good work. Thank you for the trust that we can place in you for today and every day trust that we can place in you for our eternity. We thank you for entrusting in us the good deposit, this terrific treasure. And Father, may we be found faithful to be able to not only keep that trust, not only keep our faith, but to be able to share it in how we behave and how we act and our attitude and our actions and in the words that we say. We pray, Father, for that one who may be listening today that may not know you as Lord and Savior, may be unsure, or may be so unsure because of the things that are happening in the world, having a hard time trusting. But Father, even now, would you be at work in their heart? And may it be because of the things happening in the world that they can put their faith and their trust in you for today and forever. This we pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.